Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It's time for another episode of Tennis Channel Inside In. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels, from the Santa Monica Studios. I hope everybody out there is doing well. We've reached the semifinal stages of the U.S. Open, and I'm going to be talking to Leif Shiras, former pro, current commenter, and member of the Tennis Channel family. He's at the U.S. Open grounds in New York at Flushing Meadows, and we have a lot to discuss. Novak Djokovic now two matches away from history. The team takeover with Leila Fernandez and Emma Raducanu in the women's semifinals. We break down all the stories and subplots from a wild U.S. Open with fans back in the stands. And then I talked to Murphy Jensen, former 1993 Roland Garros doubles champion with his brother Luke, Washington Castle's longtime world team tennis coach. It's a personal discussion about his battles with addiction, his road to recovery, co-founding We Connect Recovery to help others seek help after treatment ends. It's a very deep discussion with Murphy Jensen in studio. That's on today's show. Tennis Channel Inside In with Leif Shiras and Murphy Jensen on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm to start the show. All right, now on Tennis Channel Inside In, talking U.S. Open as we reach the semifinal stage. A man who's no stranger to tennis. It's taken him from Wisconsin to the Ivy League to the Pro Tour with stops in, I think, Canada and Studio 54 along the way. It's Leif Shiras now on Tennis Channel Inside In. Leif, thanks for joining the show. <laughs> Glad to be here. Don't uh, show my age with the Studio 54 <laughs> remark. Although I do remember that night Keith Richards was in attendance. It was a very cool affair. Hey, you were, I mean, this is a badge of honor. You were in, you were in part of a tennis era that really, you know, had the experiences and, uh, it is New York. You are in New York for the U S open. So I thought it was a nice, a nice tie in to start there, but, uh, no Leaf, It's great to have you on the show. And I know you went to the open last year, you're back again this year. And, um, you know, fans back, the crowd just been amazing and electric. And I think part of that is we talked about it last week, but the people and the tennis fans and, and the people traveling into New York, they've just missed this. And I think we've missed it too, the, the rowdy atmosphere. And, uh, you know, I, I think part of that is just what's made this tournament so special this year. Yes, it's it's been extraordinary the way the people have turned out, the way they've embraced tennis again. And, you know, last year it felt like tennis matches, which which is great. We love the sport. We love tennis. But when you add the crowd, when you add that, I don't know, the sixth person, the 11th person, I'm not sure which is the 12th man, whatever it might be. It, it makes it pretty special. And these atmospheres don't get created out of thin air. It really involves a lot of energy and a lot of love for the game. And it's really, I don't know, distinguished itself so beautifully here in New York. We've had so many great matches. I think the players are playing at a high level because of their surroundings and because of the people in the stands they have someone to play for mm -hmm. and as a player you always wanted to prove yourself and put your talents on display and show what you can do and uh, I think we've seen that in the number of great matches we've had I think there's been two kind of dueling storylines and, and we'll dive into each of them in greater detail but you have on one hand a man in Novak Djokovic a grown man going for history the the Grand Slam winning all four in the same calendar year on the other side, Leaf, you have this teen takeover. Two women teenagers still in it in the Final Four. You've had younger guys in, in Alcaraz making their move as well. So it's kind of nice to have that duality of there's the veterans that are still at the top and don't seem to be going anywhere. But you have this youth movement coming in and really a lot of it unexpected without any signs of it happening going into this tournament. Yes. Uh, I, what can you say, but it's been fabulous. And one of the things that I was talking to a couple of USDA buds officials who were staying at the same hotel, and they were saying that, you know, it's nice to have players have a breakthrough and an upset win, but when you have one upset win and then you continue to build on that, mm. you know, Fernandez took out Osaka, then she took out Kerber, then she took out Svitolina, you know, from sort of a one-moment wonder, it goes to a real story and a real drama where you have multiple wins, and now she's, again, put herself on a big stage. And, you know, the same could be said 
son of Carlos Alcaraz, the way he continued to win and he kept the story alive. So these have been wonderful moments for all of us to embrace, not only as tennis players, but media, as passionate sports fans. It's been it's been great and nice to see young people proving themselves on big stages. Obviously, Felix Auger Aliassime, he's got a little bit of, you know, sort of veteran, sort of, I don't know, maturity about him. Yet he's young, too. And he's in the semifinals. So. There's a lot to embrace this year in terms of these young people making moves. Yeah, Felix is just so old at 21 years old. <laughs> just, <laughs> just such an old man out there. But I, I hear what you're saying, and, and it's a good point in terms of keeping it going and not just winning and then having that let down. It's nice to see the upsets and then building on it. Well, let's get to the, the, the main attraction, Novak Djokovic. He's into the semifinals again. Two matches away from history. He beats uh, his most recent match. He beats Matteo Berrettini. Another win in four sets. Another win where he drops the first set. That's the ninth time he's done that this year. And I brought up the boxing reference that it made me inspired by on Twitter, which was when Chuck Wepter knocked down Muhammad Ali in the fight and thought he had the fight won. And his manager said, get up, look, turn around. He's getting up. He's really pissed off. I just think in, in this case with Novak Djokovic, you might get you might get you might get around you might knock him down but he's going to get back up he's going to lock back in and he's going to make life completely miserable for you until you're shaking his hand at the net. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that tweet by the way. That was a good <laughs> one. The, the Chuck Wepner reference, I love it. Yeah, I mean Novak yeah, he gets the measure of the man across the net and he understands what it's going to take. You wonder, you know, okay, I'm in third gear here. Um, I'm evaluating what I need to do. This guy's playing at a very high level. And then he makes those adjustments. He focuses in, and he just elevates his game to this incredible level. It's remarkable to watch. I mean, how do you break down Berrettini's serve when he's absolutely crushing it, hitting bombs, putting it in the corner? Yet he was getting back the majority of those serves in the second and third sets where he turned it around. It's just remarkable how he can do this. And, you know, you don't want to poke the bear. I guess you just don't because he starts focusing. And he goes to that next level. Uh, I'm not sure we've ever seen that level quite that high and quite that consistent from a man. And so now just two matches away from the record books, I think Rod Laver would be happy to share this record from 1969, the last time Rocket did it, with, with a player like Novak because he represents all that's great about our game, the way he can play, the adjustments he makes, and, and his skills. He's got so many skills. He's an all-court player. He's not just a ground stroker who soaks up pressure. He can take it to you. Yeah, he was going to that backhand as well, Berrettini. He just wore him down, kept targeting it, and it was it was incredible to watch. Um, and and looking at looking at Novak Leaf, I mean, how he's handling this, the the fact that there's pressure on him that we can't really imagine. But if there's anybody that can handle it from a competitor standpoint, but also just mentally, it almost looks like he's at peace. Like you see the clips of him after he loses the first set, he's sitting there having like a deep thought, kind of a, a meditation moment. Yeah, the changes, he was definitely trying to find some calm and some peace. When he was on the court in action, you saw a couple moments where he was very intense. I think he was feeling a bit of the pressure because he was starting to express it. He picked out a few people in the crowd to direct his stares at it. I mean, the level of intensity he goes to and the pressure he must feel, I don't think any of us can comprehend it. So he's managing it as best he can. He's finding a way, and that's what it's all about. Find a way to win. At, at the very basic level, and he can do that because he dips into his bag of tricks, and he's got a lot in there. This guy is just yeah. crazy, you know. And his forehand has got pop too. Uh-huh. Now I know he's got the greatest two-hander in the world, but he can steer that forehand into the backhand of Berrettini when he wants it, and then when he gets it on the backhand, he kept going in there until there was space up the line. Crazy. He's he's amazing to watch. Yeah, he just doesn't give you anything and keeps coming. And, uh, you know, looking at looking at kind of a bigger picture thing from the tennis standpoint, the Brooksby match, and, and you can even get away from Djokovic when Felix beat Tiafo and Zverev beat Jack Sock. It, it seems like there's this trend, and, and I understand it, Leaf, that if you're a little outmatched, if the player you're playing has more weapons than you, certainly in Novak's case, you're going to empty the tank in the first set, and you're going to do what you can to make sure you secure that one. But best of five in these men's matches it's just so tough to win three sets from these guys. And you're seeing what happens when you give it your all just to win one set. A lot of these players are having a tough time even making it to the finish line. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I think Berrettini played so well in that first set. He sat down and, you know, took a breath and realized, okay, I've got to go do this two more sets. And 
Novak has been down that road so many times. I mean, Jensen Brooksby, he realized the physical limits of himself and how far he can go and how he's not near to what he needs to be if he wants to surpass someone like Novak Djokovic. I mean, Brooksby played a, a great sequence of sets. And I want to say from two all in the second set to maybe the end of that set, that was some of the best tennis I've ever seen. They played one game that lasted <laughs> over 20 minutes long. Yeah. One game. Yeah. It was absolutely <laughs> sensational tennis from Brooksby. But you know that he was redlining all yeah. the way. You know, how could he sustain this? Yeah. And Novak, you know, again, kept his head about him, kept playing his high level, and ultimately breaking him down physically. I, I thought Brooksby played a great match. JT looks like a guy who's here to stay. So yeah. that was fun. Yeah, I, I do want to mention Brooksby. Props to him. I, I like his game. I like that he frustrates the opponent, and he's got some quirks to him as well. But we do need to talk right about like improving the serve and how that needs to happen for him to take that next step. I think it is improvable. I'm dying to hear what your take is on it. But that has to get better. He has to get some free points if he's going to take that next step. Absolutely. And I, I think he will. You know, he's still young. Was he 20 years of age? Mm -hmm. And his serve is definitely somebody who's going to work on. His overhead is very poor by professional standards. That will also need to work at. And, you know, I think his coaches know it. You know, you have to go with what you have on the day. And, um, you know, those parts of his game will definitely improve. Do you remember when Juan Martin Del Potro came on the scene? Mm. You know, he, you know, this tall, athletic guy, great ball striker. But his serve was, you know, 115 range. It didn't have much bite. You know, by the time he was, you know, a man and had grown into his body, understood his game, he was in that 125, 130 range. So I'm sure with JT, we're going to see the same kind of growth and development. His serves. I don't think he was over 115 if he was a couple of times, but generally in that 115 range. And you have to be up in that at least 120 to 125. You know, hit your spots quickly. You don't have to be 135, but you've yeah. got to have a little bit of pace. Like a good pitcher, you need to have some miles per hour on your fastball. I think he'll get there, Mitch, and, you know, expect him to be. I mean, he's got top 20 written all over him. And if yeah. – you can get to the top 20. You can make a realistic consideration about, can I be top 10? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he's got a lot of upside. Fun to watch him play, that's for certain, because he plays the game like, I mean, sometimes when he plays that two-handed drop shot, you go, where did he find that? On the, on the internet somewhere? I mean, you know, he ordered that and got it to the house. It was just so built from scratch. But it works. He makes it work for himself. And, you know, you love the idiosyncrasy in our game. Everyone has their own styles, their own quirks. and He's got plenty of them. Good to see Delpo, too, by the way. You mentioned him at the U.S. Open back. I want to see him, you know, try to finish his career and keep it going on his own terms. Uh, look, looking at Djokovic, Leaf, he's got, you know, two matches of history. It isn't exactly an easy path. He'd have to go Berrettini, now Zverev, and maybe Medvedev is what it looks like on the other side. So he'd have to go through some top players. Zverev is up next. He beat Lloyd Harris and beat Sinner before that to get to the U.S. Open semifinals. I've noticed with Zverev, I mean, we can we can break down his game and how he's looking as crisp and as sharp as ever. But mentally, there's more of a calmness there. I, I, I put it to the fact that, you know, I put it to the, the notion, Leaf, that he was a lot more volatile at times in these big moments, big matches. And, you know, the Lloyd-Harris match, he's facing set point down on Harris's serve. There wasn't that outburst that we've seen in the past. I think mentally, he's got this locked-in quality going right now as well. He looks very professional, and having followed him since he was young on the tour, I mean, this is the best I've ever seen him look in terms of ball striking and his game, but also, you know, his mental awareness. He's got a bit of calmness. And uh, when you've had consecutive match wins like he has, you feel it's good that you can solve a lot of problems out there. You don't have any doubts about your game. I think the doubts he had about his second serve, remember he had a bit of yeah. a yips, it seems like he's accelerating on that second serve now that he's going for it a little more. And from his height and with his motion, I think it's a good thing to do because it's a serve that looks good. It's technically pretty strong. If he just does the right things. I think it's going to happen for him. And he seems to be doing it. So um, I think he's got a great shot. Obviously, the win over Novak, the Olympics, two out of three sets. And he do it three out of five. That's going to be the test. And I, I like you said earlier, you know, that first set, if you're going to beat Novak, I think you have to win the first set to give yourself a legitimate, honest chance. So that's the sort of the early moments in the match are going to be critical, um, as it is with most all tennis matches. Yeah. You know, um, you know, whoever <laughs> yeah. wins that first set wins the majority of the matches, but particularly against a better player, you've got to do that. I mean, you've got to get off to a good start. 
Yeah, you know who wasn't looking calm was Lloyd Harris when he spiked his drink and uh, got what was that protein powder or something? <laughs> <laughs> so it just made a mess over at center court. But no, I, I agree with you, and I think that I think that Zverev believes he can do it. We're gonna talk about the matches at the end of this, but you know he's got a belief there that very few people have because he's done it. I know best of five is different, but he played him in Australia, four tight sets, fourth set tiebreaker. So I think he believes that was a winnable match too. Uh, moving on here, Leif Shiris on Tennis Channel Inside In, looking at the other semifinal, and uh, starting with a guy that we expected to be here, Daniil Medvedev. Uh, the draw has been favorable to him. We can agree on that, but he's he's back in that mode of, of Leif just mowing guys down because it's been calm. It's been quick in a lot of cases. There have been sets dropped, but it's been relatively drama-free from a guy who's made the final here before. I mean, I'm watching him play this you know, this fortnight, he's just looks so comfortable and so confident and so sure of himself. You know, he's another player who's traveling with a sports psychologist. He's got that in his corner. He's got a good team around him, a very smart coach. And I just think they've put him in a really good place. He's built off of that. Because coaching matters. We've talked about that a lot. And <clears throat> I think he's put himself just where he wants to be. Cool, confident, and what, he's lost one set? And uh, matched the, I think he was up two sets to love when he lost that set. Mm-hmm. So he was never really been in any trouble, per se. Obviously, he's out there competing hard. But, you know, you have to feel like if, if there's going to be a guy who gets the breakthrough, it's I, I think it's going to be Medvedev ahead of, you know, maybe a Zverev to win the next major ahead of, you know, some of the top elite guys who, you know, Novak. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. If you're a betting man, that's not uh, – you know, you're not worried if you're going to put some money on Medvedev because he looks like a looks like one of the guys. You know, he looks like a Grand Slam champion. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that his floor is a little higher? Like, I think his his B game or even C game, like you still feel pretty confident. Now, maybe he doesn't have the weapons that some of these other guys have, but in a best of five with his movement, with his all court game, with his ability to frustrate the opponent, I think he is like I would agree with you a surer bet than some of these other young guys like a Sitsipas or a Zverev. Right. And you know what the funny thing about him when you watch him play, he's got that you know magical ability to make clean contact, put the ball into play, very pace. But then when he gets the balls in his hand and he steps up to serve, he steps up to the line. I mean, he's got a bomb of a serve, so he can get through his service games. Plays fast, <laughs> easily, right? Yeah. And then if he has a big point, he can produce an eight. You know, he can find that unreturnable, and so he takes a little pressure off his service games. You start to feel that on your serve. And he relaxes for his return games. You know, he likes that deep position, gets a lot of balls back into play. So he's a very tough returner to go up against. So the most important phases of play, the serve and the return, they're involved in every point. He does those two things exceptionally well. Well, he's got Felix up next, and we're happy to see Felix make a breakthrough, get to the semifinal. He, he was a quarterfinalist at Wimbledon, now a semifinalist, and the number 12 seed in this tournament we mentioned, 21 years old, has been on the scene for quite some time. Felix is somebody else that's really put it together. And by put it together, the serve has looked a lot better. His placement's been remarkable. But he just looks more professional out there. He, he's been less erratic this tournament. I wonder if that's the Tony Nadal effect or if, if his game just kind of rounds into form at the right time. But I've been impressed with Felix. That forehand we know is lethal. His all-court game, he's getting the net, which he did a lot in the Tiafo match and early against Alcaraz, but Felix making this next step is good to see and something I think we expected to see. Yeah, I think we've been expecting that from him. And to be fair, I think this is maybe the best I've ever seen him play because his serve is working beautifully. You know, he didn't have a, a great lead up in the U.S. Open Series. You know, he had a, I don't want to say a bad loss to Jensen Brooksby, but Brooksby beat him fairly convincingly. <clears throat> and then he lost to Dujan Lojevic first round in Canada. And it was a fairly poor performance by his high standards. So I wasn't sure what he was going to be able to show at the Open. Um, I, I think he does enjoy the bigger stages. And I think he enjoys three out of five set tennis because he can find his best game, he can find his rhythms, and maybe find a few answers when he needs a little more time to do it. The forehand has been fine. The serve has been tremendous. I, I don't think I've ever seen him play better. So I think he's got a shot against Medvedev. I'd make the Russian the favorite, but congratulations to Felix for putting it all together. I think Uncle Tony's definitely got a hand in this. Um, I don't think every kid who's ever gone to the Nadal Academy has had success. No one does. 
but I think it's starting to work. Maybe it's starting to show signs that this is working for FAA. Yeah, it, it's it's very fascinating, right, in sports where it could be the little thing that makes that big breakthrough because we knew the game was there, but for some reason it just wasn't happening, and maybe it was Uncle Tony just making his uh, you know his presence felt and calming him down in these big moments. But whatever it is, it's working. Unfortunately, we yeah. didn't, unfortunately we didn't see a longer match between him and. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who's been another star right. of the story, who beats it's a pass, 18-year-old, whose game has just been growing before our eyes. Uh, unfortunately, it did look like he was compromised before that match, all taped up, and uh, we wanted to see a full match, didn't see it. But Carlos Alcaraz is somebody else that I think we're buying a lot of stock in going forward these <laughs> next 10 years. Well, it's such a wonderful story. How this you know kid was identified early by an agent in Spain when he was 12 years old, and they got him on a the right track for tennis family was you know in, they believed in it and they wanted to make it happen by 15 he had you know sponsorship deals and you know he's been the classic evolution of a young superstar and the good thing about him he's an exciting player and he goes for his shots yeah, i really enjoy watching guys who hit winners and they try to find ways to win and he's got it all he's got a little bit of that it factor which uh, whatever that is you know he's got a little bit of an aura around him so it's fun to see and i think with you know, the spanish armada slowly aging with verdasco and lopez and rafa all the great spaniards getting into their mid-30s they've got some new life and new blood uh, this teenager so um, it, it's good for everyone good for spain good for him Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Right, more with Leif Shiras here on Tennis Channel Inside In. And as we as we look at the women's side now, you know, we have to start with Canada. You're basically the Canadian ambassador here in the States. To, uh, <laughs> I'm an honorary <laughs> Canadian, Mitch. My wife is Canadian. I know, I know. And you're up to speed on all Canadian athletics, <laughs> hockey, of course. But now tennis has a lot to be excited about. They have a female semifinalist. It's not the one that we expected. It's not Bianca Andreescu. It's Layla Fernandez, who got here unexpectedly she's lost in the first round of many tournaments most of them since she first the second round since she won her first tournament this year but at least she got here and she got here not because a draw opened up we mentioned it at the top took out osaka then kerber then spitalina all three sets all long grueling matches matches and this girl took out champion after champion it, it's been an incredible journey i think the story of the tournament and i think also how she and the crowd have mutually embraced each other has been the joy and, and the most fun moment for me as a tennis fan. But what a story, Layla Fernandez, having her breakthrough in this moment. Yeah, she's another player who's really fun to watch because of the style she plays. Likes to cut off the ball early, take it on the rise. I mean, she's got a lot of sort of, I don't know what you say, but she just has the gumption. She has that competitiveness. She has that fire, which is really fun to watch. She really expresses herself beautifully on the court with her intensity. And she's got game. You know, I think she's not afraid to take on the best players in the world and prove that she is one of them. You know, she's put in the work. You know, my friend Mark Lucero, one of the coaches uh, on the tour, works with Stevie Johnson. He tweeted that yeah. over the course of the season, he has seen Layla so often early in the morning working out, putting in the hours when no one else is on site. So all those, all that time spent on court, all that commitment to her craft is starting to pay off. And again, the win she had earlier, you know, getting into the winner's circle, winning a WTA title, that I think has given her the confidence that she can do it on the biggest stages and, and take down the biggest players. So it, it's been a really exciting ride. I'm not sure it's over yet either. She's got a shot against Sabalenka. They meant they asked her after Osaka's after the win over Osaka, when did you believe? And she said, from the moment I got onto the court, which I just absolutely <laughs> loved. And I think and she, she kind of <laughs> knows what the fans want to hear too, which is another good quality to have. But it's been incredible. Um, she moves very well. Her speed on the court's amazing. She just keeps fighting, and she generates a lot of power for her five-seven frame. I agree. I think she's got a great chance to keep it going. Uh, her opponent Sabalenka, I do want to also mention, is somebody that again seems a lot older for twenty-two. I believe she is. She's been around a while. We've been waiting for her to break through, Leaf. But uh, 
she's harnessing it, and she's the odds maker's favorite to win this tournament, and I understand why. I, I think she's capable of some inconsistent, clunky performances, but when she's on, when her serve's rolling and she's just thumping the ball out there, she is the best player. Her, her A game, I think, is the best player left in this tournament. Saba, she's, I mean, she's just so fun to watch, too. I, I enjoy her tennis because it's a little bit unpredictable. You know, because she goes for so much, she plays a very big game. When she's on, I, I think she's unstoppable, untouchable. Mm-hmm. But the question is, you know, can she sort of manage, you know, the errors? Can she hit enough winners? Can she make enough good decisions? All those little things that count for winning – big matches under the most pressure. So I think there's an expectation that she might be the favorite in this. I know with all the other young players, I want to say, are left in the women's side, I guess she's the favorite based on seeding. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm just, you know, is she strong enough mentally to handle it? You know, I, I love her moments when she's celebrating a victory. She's really cute and funny, mm-hmm. uh, yet She's a pretty tenacious competitor. So I think she's got to prove herself here. I think it's a great opportunity for her. It's not going to be easy. She's going to have to prove it to herself, I think, that um, she can handle these moments and become one of the game's greats. And that's really how you define yourself if you're winning majors. You've got to win these big ones to be thought of in that way. So it's a great opportunity for all four of these young women. And I think Sabalenka's got a tremendous shot. Yeah, Sabalenka battling over the clay court season against Ash Barty, playing a bunch, winning one, losing a couple. I think that actually helped her round into form and be a competitor in these big moments. But we'll see. That matchup for Slayla Fernandez is going to lead us off tonight. The second one is going to be featuring another teenager. Emma Raducanu, uh, we've 18 years old, had to qualify for this tournament. Hasn't lost a set qualifying or otherwise. It's been remarkable. 16-0 and 0 in sets. We were talking about this before. She had the moment at Wimbledon. It, it didn't end well at all, but she battled back. She's here in another major. It's still rolling, and you know Great Britain is absolutely salivating for a tennis <laughs> star. Well, here they have one, potentially. Yeah, I I, I know they're going crazy. It, you know, I'm so friendly with all the British riders. They're all good guys, and they love the sport. Uh, jokingly, I say to them, well, good news for you guys. You've got another job for five or ten years <laughs> yeah. writing tennis because this this gal's around to stay. I mean, she's a lovely player. I think she's a very warm player that people embrace. I know the fans have been going crazy for her. She's got that star quality about her, and she plays another exciting brand of tennis. She takes the ball on. She's very, very athletic. Uh, for the matchup with soccer, you're going to have two of the best athletes I've seen in a while yeah yeah and, uh, you're right and I also do think that there's been leaf there's been like a calibration period for her that's remarkable like she comes out against a player she hasn't seen before Shelby Rogers Belinda Benchitz it might be slow to start but she figures out okay this is what they're doing this is the pace they're using this is their style and then she just figures it out it's like solving a Rubik's Cube for her <laughs> well my son does a Rubik's Cube and I, I can't believe it because there's I think there are yeah. 52 algorithms that you need to solve to get them all she must have all the algorithms because she's got it going. You know, Mitch, she's only lost. I'm not great with math, but she's only lost 22 games <laughs> in the semifinals. 22 games. I mean, she has been winning oh. so convincingly. It's incredible. It I mean, really is. sound right. Borgian, you know, Borg at Monte Carlo or Rafa at Roland Garros. You know, incredible numbers of domination. It really is. Uh, it's incredible to watch. It's a great story. You mentioned her opponent, Maria Sakari from Greece, the first Greek semifinalist in this tournament. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are proud of that fact. And you mentioned two great athletes. This is as fit of a tennis player, man or woman, that I've seen to go three and a half hours with Bianca Andrescu, former champion. Follow that up by playing Carolina Pliskova in a match that she relatively won with ease. I know the scoreline was about 4-4, four and four, but she handled her serve and, and played composed. We've wondered about Maria, if it's just power, if she has variety, if she's mentally tough enough to win, can she adapt? She's answered all those questions in spades because this, again, like a lot of the themes with the Final Four, the best she's ever looked. <laughs> That's so true. And you know, each player is on their own journey, and each has you know a couple of final pieces of the puzzle to put into place to sort of get them over the line for them to come consider one of the game's greats. And I think for her it was understanding her game, adding power, and then sort of getting her head right. 
you know, the ability to play point to point without getting too emotionally interrupted. She seems to be in a good place. She's competing well without getting quite so agitated. I mean, yet you want to draw on that same energy, that same passion. So she's, again, got to continue to toe the line. She also has a good coach in her corner. Uh, you know, it's going to be an amazing run. She's got as good a chance to win this title as anyone right now. You like that quote from Tom Hill, Maria Sakari's coach, where she was like, I don't know if I really want to play at night. And he's like, trust me, you're going to enjoy it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've got a great relationship. And again, yeah. there's that nice trust between coach and player. And it's really blossomed for them. Really some great work they've done. All respect to him for the work he's done. I mean, these coaches behind the scenes, if they can improve a player by 3%, 4%, that's the difference. You know, you don't need to turn them into overnight. This is a gradual progression. But And if you can make him just incrementally better in some phase of the game that's going to come down to crunch time, well, you've done your job. Then it's up to the player to interpret the moment, express themselves, and get the win. So it's, it's really fun to see her playing well. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Last thing with Leif Shires here on Tennis Channel Inside In. We're down to the final four, the men's and women. Two matches, uh... Tonight for Thursday for the women, two matches Friday for the men, and it's the weekend championships. How do you see the U.S. Open semis going? Well, I mean, someone's going to have to have an absolutely sensational performance to knock off Novak, you know, whether it's Medvedev. It's certainly possible. If it's Zverev, that's a possibility too. But I think Novak, obviously, the front runner. The women's side, boy, how many coins do I have? <laughs> any any one, one of them could win this tournament. You're right. It's... <laughs> It's a coin yeah, flip. I, oh, my gosh. I mean, Raducanu's playing swell, but Sakari's playing great. That might be the better of the two semis. I think – I wonder if Fernanda's inexperience might catch up to her or will Sabalenka's um, emotional side overwhelm her. I mean, there's, there are a lot of little stories within the match. The game within a game, as Jimmy Connors <laughs> would say. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I probably, I'm going to probably go with Sabalenka to take on – how about Raducanu in the final? Ooh, so we just, get uh, – I don't know. I was going to ask, so we, just, so we get one teenager in the final. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be nice. You know, keep the story going. You know, um, obviously they're all great. They're all worthy. The men's side, how about uh, Djokovic and Medvedev? That'd be an amazing final. Mm, yeah, I think the good thing is, I mean, we're looking at the women's draw, and, and any one of these final matchups has subplots and storylines. Nobody's won a major, and we could have two teenagers. We could have none. It could still be exciting, but... Uh, I am I am very, very happy to see how this tournament shakes out. Leif Shiris, thank you for joining Tennis Channel Inside In. Hope to uh, catch up with you soon. I know it's a banner day. you got all this great tennis. Canadians are doing well. The Maple Leaf season hasn't started, so it's just all good vibes. <laughs> what about the Blackhawks season? I guess that has started. I mean, you're right. I have to support the, the Leafs because Maria, my wife, is from Toronto. But I'm, I'm a Milwaukee guy, so I'm keeping it in the Midwest of the Blackhawks. Okay, so it's the Packers now. So we'll get to the Packers football season, <laughs> and we'll roll into, then we'll roll into uh, hockey season. But Leif Shiris, thank you for joining Tennis Channel Inside In. Pleasure having you on the show. All right, thanks, Ben. Thanks again to Leif Shiris for coming on today's show, breaking down tennis. It's always a blast to talk about the game with him. Really value his takes and his opinions. And uh, I'm dying to see how this U.S. Open plays out. So thanks again to Leif for coming on the show. Now on Tennis Channel Inside End, it's time to go to an interview with Murphy Jensen. Murphy came in studio last week, and uh, it was a very, very deep and personal chat with him about his struggles with addiction his road to recovery. This is a guy that won the 1993 doubles title at Roland Garros with his brother, Luke. He's battled addiction. He's come out the other side, and now he wants to help other people. He co-founded We Connect Recovery. They have a nice free app as well to help people get recovered and help people on their path to recovery. This is a nice, deep chat with Murphy Jensen. I hope you guys like it here now on Tennis Channel Inside It.
Now joining us on Tennis Channel Inside In, a real OG in the tennis world, a uh, 15-year former pro who's dedicated his life to the game, head coach of the six-time World Team Tennis Champion Washington Castles, broadcaster, now co-founder of We Connect, designed to help patients with addiction recovery after treatment. Murphy Jensen, welcome to the show. Mitch, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. I'm really excited to talk to you. I think everybody that is involved in tennis and, and sees you're involved in the game knows the passion that you have for it. So I'll start off with this. Were you always just head over heels with this sport and just in love with the game of tennis? Well, yes, because there is an investment uh, since day one. And that investment was in, in our backyard and on a Christmas tree farm in northern Michigan. And I'm stretching the truth a little bit. You know, a wise person <laughs> once told me that never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the grizzly bears showed up. No, <laughs> I, uh, no, there was an investment from our family in that dad played professional football. Mom was a, a really uh, acclaimed and successful gymnastics coach. So athletics Athlete, was really big yeah. for us. And dad built, our family built the court in our backyard. So when you build something with your own hands at the age of five, six, seven, eight, that, that building of that court, you know, was a labor of love. You asked me, you know, do, do you really love the game? Well, we built, we built, you the, had to. we You're painted just, the yeah, lines, yeah. we laid the, the concrete and, and yeah. So from the ground up, uh, this, this game has uh, really been a blessing to our family. You know, it seems like you're someone that loves at all levels of tennis. Like it, there's so many people on the outside that just think, oh, tennis is the singles, it's the grand slams, it's the top players. I think you're kind of living proof that, no, there's a lot to love about tennis that's not just the top of the top. Doubles, team tennis, all at levels of tennis, even for club players that just like to have fun on the weekends. There's a lot of great that comes with this sport. Well, the Jensen's are fans of tennis. Mm -hmm. Number one, I mean, we can call it love. You know, yeah. they say love means nothing in tennis, <laughs> but at the at the core of our being, on a cellular level, you know, we're, we're fans. Yeah. And when I get to uh, when Rod Laver says, "Hey, mate, Murph, yeah. the, Murph the Surf, or Stan Smith, Stan yeah. the Man." I have to pinch myself yeah. because I learned the game through magazines. I learned the game from the information that was given to me in the 70s. That Now I'm dating myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm not older than Rod Laver, but, <laughs> I, uh, close, no, yeah. but we learned through the content. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, being at Tennis Channel here with you, this is all about content. I can't imagine the access to the information that you produce, um, how much better of a tennis player I would have been had I had the resources of an inside in or a tennis channel. We, we didn't even get tennis on TV yeah. when I was a little boy. So we had to get it through magazines. I wanted to talk about a lot, a couple of different things with you, but one being the foundation, the main reason you're here, we connect. I think it's, it's doing tremendous things and you know, it started, I, I believe with an idea in 2014, what made you want to put this into reality? You've been open about your past and your mm -hmm. struggles. What made you say, you know what, I want to actually help others and not just do it for myself? Well, I, uh, tennis has given me everything mm -hmm. uh, that's meaningful to me. Recovery has, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's quite personal, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. Uh, why, how could I keep hope a secret? Yeah. You know, uh, in 1999, with the birth of my son, Billy, uh, while playing the U.S. Open, I was at a jumping off place, and I was dying, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And there was no access to care, and there was no access to services, and there was no program. And if anything, the stigma behind mental health and addiction produced a lot of fear, a lot of guilt and a lot of shame around that. So back to We Connect Health Management, you know, through divine intervention, seven years ago after all this success with the, the castles, Washington castles on the court and coaching Hingis, Azarenka, mm -hmm. Williams sisters, you name it, we yeah. had everybody. <laughs> yeah. And it's all coaching, everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. But I knew 
my window of opportunity to do something beyond the game and to, to, to co-found a digital healthcare technology company is beyond my pay grade. I had no prior experience and then finance and funding behind that. So our solution uh, through, through just honestly, um, through service to others, I met my co-founder in Seattle. And my mother-in-law at the time asked me if I would be willing to take a family friend to a support group meeting. And he, luckily I said yes. And he said, a girl in my outpatient program was at Richard Branson's Island while you were there. You should meet her. She used to build out system engineering teams for companies like Microsoft. Yeah. And we got together and she shares with me an idea on a, on a whiteboard. Yeah. I, we didn't have whiteboards when I grew up. It was chalkboard. <laughs> yeah. And she shares with me wireframes. I have no tech background. But I do know what it's like to be lost and confused, to not know what's wrong with me, to uh, I know what it's like to, to experience loneliness and depression. I know what it's like to um, struggle with addiction. And she shared with me an idea on how we can prevent relapse and reoccurrence from uh, and save lives yeah. and, and help people just like me and leverage technology in a way through healthy uh, routines and habits that are that, that set me free to speak with you today. Yeah. And uh, I, in so many words, I'm living on house money and I'm not mm. alone. And, you know, the world of sport, the world in general is struggling with mental health issues in this moment. Yeah. And, you know. Those things don't discriminate. Like, they affect people of all profile, of all status. Doesn't matter what your background, how much money you have. And I think you guys touched on a, a very important part that's often overlooked. What happens after outpatient, after you get treatment? There's still the rest of your life to live. And, yeah. you know, I, I love the fact that in researching this that they're that you can just go on your phone on the app and get help. And yeah. that part, along with the fact that there are blogs, there's real life people that are giving testimony. I think it helps people to see that you're not alone, that you're not the only one. Cause in your mind, you might think I'm the only one having this issue. Yeah. The, uh, it's so important to destigmatize mental health. It's so important to destigmatize addiction. It, it, it no longer became a choice for me, but I think what you, where you're getting at our opportunity right now in the world of tennis and sport mm -hmm. and society is to, to leverage all this amazing technology to produce this information yeah. we're talking about that's, that, that gives me a safe um, avenue to reach out for help through these services. Like every day, there's 70 million Americans dealing with mental health and substance use issues. Wow. Now, what you mentioned is that person, that person, me, you know, you, we always hear that term rock bottom. Right. You got to get the rock bottom. Got to get it. Rock bottom is dying. 93,000 Americans died of accidental overdose mm. in 2020. That's 11 people an hour dying yeah. of accidental overdose. Now, that's a, an alarming statistic. You know where I'm focused? I'm focused for the recovery curious. We Connect Health Management, yeah. We Connect Recovery. Check out the website, weconnectrecovery.com, or download the free app announced it's today, free. Access for All. The free app is available to anybody and everybody that's curious mm -hmm. about changing their relationship. So let's let's catch them yeah. or give them some information because the truth is maybe, for sure, actually, if I had access to this information i wouldn't have ended up in uh in the emergency room yeah. i may not have ended up in the the detox and the the four different 28 day programs you know addiction had its hooks in me so bad that i was dying from the inside out and my jumping off place is that i was dying drinking and using then i found myself dying not drinking and using mm -hmm. This thing is beyond the substance. It's like, what's causing me this anxiety? What's causing me this feeling? While playing, we win the French Open. I'm sitting there in the locker room. On the outside, all my dreams have come true. I'm the best in the world at what I do in this moment, coming back, coming from that court right. I grew up on. 
but my I look at my hands and they're shaking. Wow. Um, and so when I'm asked about Naomi Osaka and I'm asked about the Olympians that have, uh, you know, a number of Olympians have, have spoken uh, up. Yeah. No, not spoken up. Or no, yeah. taken their lives. Oh, yeah. That's both. Yeah. They've spoken up and uh, have committed, have taken mm -hmm. their own lives. And, and these are gold medal winners and there's own loneliness, but that's not, that's not exclusive to athletes. Right. And the fact is, you know, I think, uh, me being willing to be vulnerable and say, Mitch, I need your help, man. I'm, I, it could be about this interview. I'm a little nervous, you know, and um, I'm feeling, but that took, that took some time to get to this place where I can have this open right. conversation because I had to not only forgive myself, um, but I had to let go. Right. I had to let go of whatever it was that was hurting me. We encourage everybody out there that, you know, with We Connect, you can seek help, you can get assistance. COVID-19 has made it even more complicated and difficult. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there is kind of a good thing, a good trend happening in 2021. We're starting to see athletes go public with their issues. And I think it's could be helpful, in my opinion, Murphy, that someone like Simone Biles, someone like Naomi Osaka is bringing to the forefront that, look, we're the best in the world at what we do, like you said, but we're still having issues. I think the public sees a professional athlete or a superstar or an entertainer, or an actor yeah. or someone on TV as um, because they can serve a tennis ball 140 miles an hour or they can. That life's perfect or no, whatever. That they're oh. superhuman. Yeah. You know, that, we yeah. all, we all uh, suffer from the same condition. It's just that, that we're all human. We're all human and, and we're trained to do this, but I'm not trained to do that. Yeah. And, and, and and I think it's beyond it's it's a tipping point. Yeah. It's a tipping point for for all of us because at the end of the day, my feeling about whether it's tennis, whether I'm going to the pumping gas, if I'm getting gas at the gas station, no matter who I meet today, our common welfare comes first. And you talked about COVID nineteen. Addiction is a disease of isolation. Now I'm being told to quarantine. Access to services like the support group meetings and the churches and, and all these different programs, I no longer can go mm. to. Now I'm being told to stay in my house and isolate. The problem has been magnified a hundredfold. And prior to COVID, there is the opioid epidemic. And you're from Ohio. Yeah. You know darn well. And this, this, this problem has cost society upwards to a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars annually. Now, this is Murphy Jensen dropping the science yeah. and the statistics. These aren't my statistics. This is a reality. And the only way to, for me, the only way that I was able to solve my problems is, is to admit that I at least had them. Yeah. For me to find a solution to my problems, I had at least you know, have the willingness to ask for help. Well, it's very commendable getting this Thank going and, and working on a, a way to help people, not just for your own benefit, but for the greater good. Uh, last thing on this I wanted to ask you, do you think tennis needs to make any adjustments? Is there anything structurally you'd like to see them do to, to maybe improve the well-being and the mental well-being of others, the way they can assist, or you think everything's okay where it is? Well, that's a great question. I, um, I'm going to go to the WTA and the ATP and all the organizations. I'll even, you know, ask ask you know, talk to the tennis channel, mm -hmm. you know, what processes do you have in place? If one of your family tennis channel family finds themselves in a predicament or, you know, what, what services are available to players and what's the process, you know, what's the process, the step down or the, the process of getting help a safe place to be able to say, Hey, this press conference ain't yeah. happening today, yeah. you know, or right now, may I have three hours, you know, whatever that is, right? Right. There could be better protocols in place. I, I think that was kind of the Osaka situation highlighted that there really isn't a way to handle when something like this happens and people were kind of having to figure it out and mistakes were made. You know, I, I get the call um, and I'm humbly Admitting, I get a lot of calls, like weekly calls from from my tennis friends. I'm, uh, my 
relationship with alcohol or my family, and or it could be I'm depressed, I've got anxiety. I'm getting this call. Yeah. And um, you know, my strength is what is that? My strength has been, you know, my mess became my message. And my my strength is my story and my experience. You know, when I'm speaking to someone and sharing my story, I don't the key for me is not saying this is what you should do. The truth is I share my truth and through that they're like, Oh, I did that. I felt that. I experienced that. They can relate to I, you. Whether yeah. it's it could be suicidal ideation. Yeah. I've been there. Right. Right. Um, whatever that is. So whether it's the game of tennis, the world has an opportunity. It's uh you know, I've 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 learned the most through my losses, both mm -hmm. on the court and off the court. And uh, I don't look at, at the game of tennis or the game of life as winning or losing. I look at it as winning or learning. You know, if I'm not winning, I'm learning. And even when I'm mm -hmm. winning, I got to be learning. Mm -hmm. And we're all in this thing together yeah. called life. And at the end of the day, I don't want to be to to miss a minute this thing called life and bring the love to you yeah. Mitch to bring the love to the tennis channel to bring the love that tennis gave to me you know like I said at the top not only tennis but my recovery everything beautiful and magical and everything beautiful in my life is a direct result has the stamp of you know millions of people that have carried me mm -hmm. when I couldn't carry myself when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Murphy Jensen here on Tennis Channel Inside, and that's very powerful stuff. Um, and I and I encourage everyone out there to uh, you know use We Connect if you feel the need to uh, improve and and get better. We Connect Recovery. We Connect Recovery. Free that's app drop today. Free app totally drop today. free. It's in the App Store. It's National Recovery Month. Yeah, the month of September, and uh, or WeConnectRecovery.com. You can access the app through right. the site. I wanted to, to, to switch gears with some lighter stuff here before I let sure. you go. Some people might say you're the face of world team tennis. I mean, you've been involved for over two decades <laughs> and you helped kind of create a, a dynasty from scratch with the Washington Castles. I think it's I think it's great also that you just have that passion for teamwork, camaraderie. Uh, while also, I mean, it's pretty obvious you took the job seriously, mm -hmm. you know, seeking out other coaches, trying to talk to to people that could help you, Pete Carroll reading Jod Wooden books. And mm -hmm. then, you know, I think it was the quote by Tommy Lasorda. You wanted this to be family. You yeah. wanted everyone to love each other. And yeah. the proof is in the pudding. Mitch, you do your homework, have man. Have to, have to. I, I was <laughs> raised by coaches. Yeah. You know, I've got parents, but they're both really great coaches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's parents with their children, it, it's all about joy on the court. And, whether it was Serena, Venus, Martina, Renee Stubbs, you know, we had Sam Query, mm -hmm. we had Leander Payas, we had so many good players. They knew how to play. Yeah. We were going to have more fun than any team in the history of yeah. any team. <laughs> and that included, you know, we all played this at the beginning. We got a little wood racket or, you know, go to the wall or get on the ball machine or mom yeah. or dad or, you know. You all know the game and can play the game, but it's. So yeah. they're coming off the road. Mm -hmm. They're coming from Wimbledon. They're mm -hmm. on their way to the U.S. Open series and then the U.S. Open. Yeah. So what are they going to do with Murphy Jensen these three weeks? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have so much fun <laughs> that you're going to tell your kids about it. And yeah. what does fun look like? Define fun. Fun. It means that we every we huddled up. I never mentioned the words win and lose. Yeah. It was never about winning six championships in seven years. It was never about the thirty-four match winning streak, the longest winning streak in the history of professional sports in Fact. two undefeated seasons, <laughs> never done in the history of world team tennis. It was all about fun. It was all about bringing that joy. It, that's and that's the message I give to tennis parents mm -hmm. or any tennis player. Yeah. 
enjoy yourself. Yeah. Be in joy all day, every day. And it's not like I'm this motivational guy. The truth is trust. I love you, Mitch, whether you win or lose today, man. Yeah. Either way, I can afford McDonald's Happy Meals for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Other, anything yeah. better than that, it's on you. It'll calm you down in the big moments, too. Like, you had a lot of, I mean, you won all those matches, won all those titles. But there were pressure points, pressure games in there. And when you love each other, like you said, it's going to help you in those moments to you know, Guilt find that. Guilt-free, shame-free, yeah. and... You know, I was able to bring some perspective to it. I would say that Leander would be so nervous or Bobby Reynolds was yeah. wetting his pants and, and, <laughs> and I was making mistakes. Yeah. You know, and, and I would, you know, give me the pressure, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, good coach right there. You say the face of yeah. anything, this face is a face for podcasts. <laughs> Inside In's yeah. podcast. Yeah. You, you'll never see yeah. my headshot. <laughs> you've had, I mean, you've had, like you mentioned, like a lot of success. A lot of great players came through there. I mean, I, one of the, you mentioned one of the names, Martina Hingis. I mean, just amazingly, somehow underrated in a way. Singles, doubles, and, you know, what she's been able to do has been incredible. Um, I do want to mention, though, does Luke have the bragging rights now? They want it the Greenbrier. Is that the Jensen household? He's he, like Mr. Coach now. He's six, <laughs> five away from time. Yeah, oh, there he's it six is. Six from taking me over. There it is. Okay. No, my brother's yeah. my hero, and mm -hmm. uh, my brother's literally my hero. Yeah. You know that the, what he, uh, you know, you want to know what makes a great doubles team is uh, is that guy that's there with you when uh, you're playing like crap. Yeah. It's, just, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It was just like prior to winning the French. We were on a 10, 12-match losing streak, and he had a lot of points to defend going into Rome, and I told him to get another partner. He's like, now, no, yeah. And he says, I, I don't care if we drop to 1,000 in the world. I believe in you and your abilities. And three weeks later, we made the semis in Rome and won the French wow. Open. And and that's yeah, just yeah. amazing. So, yeah, at the end of the day, if you're a tennis player not having fun, you're not playing tennis. Before I let you go, I wanted to ask you a couple quick-hitting questions. Do you have some current favorite players? I mean, I know there's a lot to choose from. Anybody in the current tour that really catches your eye, singles, doubles, up-and-coming even? Well, Barty's amazing. Really I love is. her full-court game. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we, we got chasing history in the men's game all over the place. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm a guy who likes shots. You know, we've got... Stan the man while Rinka's backhand. Oh. <laughs> it's like, like a cannon. It's huge, <laughs> right? He's got to be from Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I wish. I think I don't think there's Cleveland in Switzerland. And uh, and then there's you know guys like Fed, Joker, and Rafa. They changed the rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. Now everybody's just trying to figure out how to play with those guys yeah. and to play like those guys. Yeah. And the secret to this, so this is one person, the Bryan brothers. There's uh, another, yeah. You can't go any further than those two guys. Jack Sock is a phenomenal doubles yeah. player. Uh, you know, there's, and I love all my castles, Big Foe. Yeah. <laughs> Wiley oh, yeah. Backhand, just oh, yeah. amazing. Sam Queer. I love all the tennis guys. Yeah. You know, I think what made the shows in the interviews I did on Tennis Channel back in the day on Open Access and and Murphy's guide was the fact that, uh, you know, Sharapova was on it. I miss Sharapova on the, in the game. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, what's exciting is I honestly think this year's US Open, anyone can get it. It's exciting. I mean, I know you mentioned Ash Barty. That was a great, uh, you know, it, the way she plays is just so unique with her all-court game for this era that she is like a throwback and uh, incredible. She reminds me of Hingis. Yeah. With a little bit better serve. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the sky's the limit, and she's never played better. Uh, last, last thing. Do you remember interviewing a seven-year-old Sophia, then Sonia Kennan, on Tennis Channel, talking about how she was going to return her idol Andy Roddick serve? Yeah, she had a, a Babolat Pure Drive, and Andy <laughs> had a Babolat Pure Drive. His yeah. was a little bigger racket. And I totally remember that. I'm wearing pink pants, and my... <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I've always worn colorful yeah. clothes on yeah. and off the court. And 
And I totally remember her because she looked like an Olsen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. How do you not like see this little girl? It looks like, you know, one of the kids from the TV show. It's amazing that, I mean, it worked out as an understatement, understatement of the year, but that she went from being just a face in the crowd to a Grand Slam champion. Superstar. Superstar. No, it's... Uh, Ten I, seconds. Kennan's another one that I like, the passion. A lot of people yeah. say Murphy's got the eye. Of, you were, uh, <laughs> you I saw uh, there was a thousand yeah. kids <laughs> like, That's waiting to return Andy Roddick's serve. That's and the one. That was the one. Well, Murphy Jensen, thank you for taking the time to talk to me on Tennis Channel Inside In. Reminder, we connect recovery, free app drops today. Uh, and thank you for you know having the passion for this sport and sharing your story with so many people. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate you, man. That's it for today's show. Thanks again to Murphy Jensen for telling his story. Very inspiring to hear him want to help others going forward. Uh, a very nice guy. Thanks to Leif Shires for talking current events at the U.S. Open. A reminder that you can catch every single episode of this show on the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We're on all your podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. And check out the Tennis Channel Podcast Network on the theallnewtennis.com for countless other shows having you covered in the game and the sport you love. We'll be back next week with more tennis talk, some more interviews on the horizon as well. We'll discuss the U.S. Open. Will Novak Djokovic have made history by next week? And who will be our first-time champion on the women's side? First-time major champion? A lot to discuss, a lot to digest. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was Tennis Channel Inside In. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the U.S. Open, everyone.